My next guest is from the UK and just released her debut single, Salty. She has made some amazing connections in London as well as in LA. I can't wait to see what she does next. It's my pleasure to introduce Olivia Swan. But even then, I still see her pretending to be happy when none of this is real. Ha! And I know your deal. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today I'm with a very special guest, my first guest from London also, so that's pretty exciting, the one and only Olivia Swan. Ooh, what's go. up, guys? How are we doing? <laughs> yeah, man, like I, I, I listened to your single. I thought it was really cool. I liked your, the album art, can you explain the album art? Because like, there's like, it's like a morgue and the... <laughs> right, right, right. No, right. So... The thing is, with this album artwork, I was like thinking about it for a while because it's my first single, right? I've been in the industry behind the scenes for what, a couple of years now. And I was like, right, this, this, out, this artwork and this song is super special to me. So I was like, right, this needs to be a little taster of Olivia Swan and what I'm about. And um, yeah, one of my biggest influences, I know we'll get into it later on in the podcast, <laughs> but um, it's hip hop. Um, and I don't know how big of a fan of you are of Ice Cube, but... Um, one of his, one of my favorite albums of his was Death, Death Certificate. And um, oh, the yeah. artwork is like super kind of like gloomy and dark. And he's like standing behind this like morgue table with like, I think he has an American flag and it's like real, you know, a real dead body and everything. And I was like, okay. Cause I, I love doing, I love, um, I think it's really important, you know, nowadays, especially, everything's recycled, everything's kind of influenced by this and that and this and that. So I wanted to kind of just make sure it was kind of an ode to, to Ice Cube really, because my artwork, obviously it's like super bright. It's got like the cartoon elements to it. But um, the this, this song I'm writing about is um, kind of a situation with a roommate I once had and I was like really salty about her. So I was like, this is perfect. I'm just going to like, you know, a little bit Ice Cube meets Arthur kind of cartoon <laughs> and just like use them together. So that's kind of like the inspiration behind the artwork. Yeah. Ice Cube is just so dope. He's actually my favorite member of NWA. Oh yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, yeah, that's the story behind it. Yeah, I'm I'm all about hip hop. Like that's my thing. Like um every morning I actually like wake up and look up like the new songs on like hip hop blogs and all that. So nice. like, I know every single artist and um I'm trying to incorporate like new artists with young artists. So um like I don't know if right. you know who Co- I don't know if you know who Cocaine is, but I interviewed him and he's he's really close to, like NWA and he's been on a lot of their choruses and stuff like that. So Oh wow. No, I'm gonna check I'm gonna check him out. Like honestly, like I have a big well that's the thing. I grew up what it was 1995 like the 90s late 90s I was born so my kind of go-to as a kid was like go into the we had this kind of department store in England called Woolworths and they had like you know the CDs and the singles and the albums so my go-to what was out at the time was like the game Tupac Eminem 50 Cent G Unit let me think like loads of R&B but those were the, the guys that I kind of initially gravitated to as a, as a kid with a Walkman you know 
Mm-hmm. So that was like, like, it's crazy though, because you know, about around that time, everyone was, you know, doing the Paramore and the Green Day, and I totally skipped that that <laughs> whole thing and just carried on with rap and hip hop, and have mm-hmm. ever since. Yeah, like every genre likes hip hop though. Like even rock bands are trying to incorporate hip hop and every yeah, pop, yeah, yeah. of course. It's like it's a cool genre, so. <laughs> oh, for sure. I remember someone, one of my friends, I, so obviously before quarantine kind of went on, <laughs> I was, I was in Inglewood. I was working out in Inglewood. Um, I don't know if you know 1500 or nothing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they've got an academy out there. So I was at the academy one day and we were talking about like the whole thing about rock and hip hop and how they're merging together. And I can't remember the name of the song, but they, uh, this one guy, he showed me a Rage Against the Machine track. And it had like a West Coast hip hop vibe as the intro. And they were like one of the first kind of rock bands to really fuse that feel. And mm. I was just like, yeah, hip hop is so, so powerful. You know what I mean? Like it really is. It transcends every genre and everybody, you know, uses some sort of element from it. So yeah, yeah. sure. And I, Especially I like, my, uh... my song too. I mean, Salty definitely has that kind of West Coast hip hop thing and, I mean, I love it. I love listening to it. And I feel like artists, you know, they kind of, if you're interested in influenced by something, you're bound to have that kind of sound in your, you know, in your, in your song. So mm-hmm. it's weird how, like you said, how we kind of like reinvent the wheel over and over with hip hop in a sense, like with the newer artists, but I think it's weird how like the reinvention is different versus like in the nineties, they use a lot of sampling and that was like recreating the music. But now it's like, just recreating the same sound in a sense. <laughs> it's kind right. of... Yeah, no, I mean, like, in the 90s and, like, the early noughties, like, samples were the thing. And and even now, like, I feel like classic rappers, you know what I mean? Like, Jay Electronica and, like, Jay-Z and Kanye, they're still very much deep within the sample game. But, like, a lot of, like, the new school rappers, they're, they're on a sound. They've got their own genre. Do you know what I mean? It's, like, very... It's very wavy. It's really cool, like, but it's very different. But I think that's great, though. I think that you know you need to bring something new to the table as well as referencing the past. You know, for sure. My favorite artist is the game. Honestly, like you mentioned him. Like I like how he incorporates new artists, the older artists. Like on his last album, that he says it's his final album, which I hope it's not. But if it is, right. it's, it's still a good final album. He had a he had a whole song where it was just Sly. It was like from like the seventies. It's just a whole song dedicated to him. And like, it was wow. like, it was pretty cool. Was but. that Born to Rap? Was it Born yeah, to Rap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Born to Rap. Yeah, one of the one of the producers I work with out in LA is called Tech Beats. He worked on that. He was working on that album for a long time. I love, I love that um that record on that album. Oh God, I can't. He has a feature with another guy. I can't remember his name. And they they they're singing and rapping. And he has Nipsey on there. He has a bunch of. Yeah, I think it's a classic. I just think like you know, tone and like rapper's tones, his tone is so distinctive yes. and appealing to listen to, you know, mm-hmm. so it will never change. It'll yeah. never change. It just sucks. It just sucks. He's like, supposedly he's not getting like any money from that. Cause he had a, he had a terrible lawsuit right beforehand. So like all his royalties for that album goes to like, um, the person he's in a lawsuit with. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I mean, business, alongside music it's a music business so you gotta make sure your, your business is in check for sure so how do you connect with like LA and all that if you're from London how does that work for you yeah um 
so uh, yeah I, I mean it started my kind of connection with the US started when I was around 18 so I was at the time just before then I was working in Paris and I was kind of I had a place at uh, a college in England for business um, that was like the plan but then I kind of found out about this audition for a music school in Boston called Berklee College of Music. Um, so I went to the audition, kind of was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna go, <laughs> like, you know, let's see what happens. And one of the people in my audition kind of like gave me a recommendation. So they were like, you really need to go, I'm gonna write you a recommendation, like, you know, whatever, whatever. So I got accepted. And yeah, I went there for four years, it turned out. So I just ditched the whole, I was never really into the nine to five business route anyway. Um, so yeah, I went to music school and um, obviously that was East Coast, but a lot of people who went there were from LA. Mm. And like, for my kind of genre and my sound, LA is where it's at, you know, it's like hip hop and pop and R&B, that LA is like the hub, you know, it's, 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 it's full of creatives. So ever since then I've constantly been making trips to network and like reach out and work with different people, um, as well as people I've met at school. So mm. that's how it kind of started. Dang. That's a, that's a lot of money to spend on trips back and forth probably. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's worth it, man. Cause the thing was the music's amazing because when you do, you do get gigs, they do pay you well. So mm -hmm. it's just, you know, anything like a freelancer, any freelancer I'm sure can understand, you know, you have a skill and those gigs and those performances and opportunities are well paid. It's just the quantity of them, you know? Mm. But yeah, no, I had friends and, you know, you make it work. You make it work. If you want something, you, you make it work. So, you know, I, yeah, I love LA. I absolutely love it and I, it's so creative and everybody out there is so hungry and passionate and open you know in terms of you don't have to be you know Ariana Grande if, if someone likes your sound you have a chance of working with people you know I, I love it yeah so how, where'd you build your team around like you like your managers and press and all that is is it in London or is it a mixture in LA and London or how does that all work so um yeah, well, I ha I'm, I'm a bit of an interesting case because I've got a very split fan base. So I've got like a US following as well as a UK following, obviously, because I've been there for four years and going back and forth. Um, a lot of the music I write is written in LA. So um, I'm actually split. So I've got a UK team, US team. Um, yeah, but I'm, you know, I was before the quarantine, like I was saying, I was out in LA working and recording and, but now I'm back in London. So Hmm. What, do you do to, what do you do to stand out then like because if you're coming from London and there's already tons of artists trying to make their name in LA how do you stand out from like not actually being from LA well I think that's one of the things that makes you stand out hmm. if you are from somewhere um different it's always a talking point you know whenever it's crazy I've been in so many situations without realizing my accent alone, I'll, I'll meet people in the studio, I'll meet people out at, at like an event or whatever, and I'll speak, and they'll be like, oh, are you from London? And then, like that, you just, you just end up meeting, so people that are from London, I end up meeting out in LA, it's the weirdest thing, so, mm. you know. Do you, 
Do you pick up an accent at all from LA? Because I know um, friends that have moved to London and they come back for a trip and now they're speaking all like British and everything. I'm like, Honestly, oh my gosh. When I went to college and after four years, my accent was very strange. It was like a mixture of British slash, yeah, lost. Oh my God. It was such a weird mix. I've, I've promised myself after that experience, I was like, look, your British accent has to be kept. So I was like, <laughs> just try your best to like keep it. But I know a lot of people that um, are in LA and have been working out there for years that are English and their accents like sliding away. I'm like, mm. maybe it's inevitable. Who knows? <laughs> are you, are, is your goal to ever move consistent just to LA or do you like living in London or how does that work for you? Um, I love working. I love working in London. I love living in London. I think for right now, I would love to move to LA. I mean, it's on the cards anyway. It's just obviously this whole COVID-19 thing through yeah. spanner in the works. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, creatively, I, I definitely work more predominantly out in Los Angeles and the Bay, like the feature on my record, Jane Hancock, mm -hmm. she's from Oakland. So I've been up there a bunch over the past couple of months. So. Mm. How'd you get that feature? What made you decide to have a feature on your like debut single? Well, that's a good point. I It's very full circle for me because Jane is somebody, you know, a couple of years ago, I heard about her through a friend and I just fell in love with her musically. She is amazing, an amazing writer and she's written for so many people and now she's finally starting to, you know, do her artist thing and so I knew, I was like, right, I know I'm going to have to work with this girl. I'm going to make it happen. We're just going to have to wait for the right time. And we ended up connecting. Um, we had like a mutual friend. And I was like, look, I'm looking for a feature for this song. Like this song definitely needs this rap side. What I was saying earlier, like it's an homage to kind of 90s rap, West Coast. And she was like, look, like, let's just come up to Oakland and I'll, we'll get in the studio and I'll drop a verse and see if you like it. And then I went up to Oakland maybe two months ago and we got into the studio and it was just a perfect fit. Like, you know, something's just right. And it was like, yeah, this is a hundred percent where this record needed to go. It like elevated it exactly how I wanted it to. So yeah, this is just the first of many collaborations that we have planned. Yeah. That's so. exciting. I, I always love when there's an artist that has like one, one other artist they always work with consistently. Cause then you, you see how they grow over time. Like the Jay-Z and Kanye album together. That was insane. You know, right. I think the, um, the Jay Electronica album and Jay-Z album, I think that's the, that's the, that's the watch the throne too, in my opinion. Cause like Jay-Z is oh. like completely on it, you know? Totally. Like totally. That's the thing. Like, I think the beauty of collaboration too, it's not just the feature, you know what I mean? It's like the behind the scenes, it's who's working on the record with you, who, you know, it doesn't always, you don't always need a feature to be known. Like, you know what I mean? Like, exactly like Jay-Z and Jay, you know, I'm sure the records that they weren't 100, all both featured on, there's always behind the scenes. And I feel like when you have, an artist that you admire and you believe in just being part of the creative process in any way is still as fulfilling as being on a record together, you know? Now that was like, I think, wasn't that like his debut album also? Who's, who's debut? Jay, J Electronica's. I, I'm pretty sure that was like his debut album. And I, that was crazy to have like someone that big, like Jay-Z on the entire album. Like, I mean, look, if someone co-signs <laughs> co you, take it. <laughs> 
<laughs> take yeah. it. Like that's the ultimate cosign right there. Yes. He's a billionaire. It's insane. Oh no, he's 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 amazing though. And yeah, I know Jane, that's one of like her biggest inspirations and aspirations to work with him. So mm. just wait. Watch that yes. space. <laughs> <laughs> was it purposeful to like release your single during quarantine or how did that all work out i mean you we've been planning so the music i've been getting together over the past couple of years like i said i've been i've been working and writing and so we kind of already planned this year's release strategy um to be honest for independent artists i feel it's actually one of the best times to release music you know, I get it if you've got a bigger budget and you're signed to a big label and you have, you know, you have to do like in-person press and radio tours. And But for me, this is perfect. It's my first single. You know, people are on their phones more than ever. <laughs> we listen to stuff and discover stuff more than ever. So really, like, I've been basically for the past two weeks getting this music video together because my plan this year is doing... Um, yeah, track releases and then video releases. So I've just been in in my cave getting all the work done. <laughs> that's that's basically it. That's cool. Like that's always awesome when there's like a a debut music video also for a single. That's all, that's always exciting. Yeah, no, it's a crazy story actually. The first this first music video, well, this first music video, the second music video I've, I've shot and I'm going to be releasing. I was last year I was at um, Snoop Dogg's Grammy party, right? So. Yeah, it's it's a mad story actually because I was at this Grammy party and I was in it was at it was at his like compound kind of like he has a recording studio in Inglewood. Like I said, I was working out in Inglewood. He had a compound across the street, so we we went over um, 1500 and 1500 Sound Academy. Went over there, and he had a party and yeah, his music studio and his like cars and his games room. And I am like a big fan of like games and arcade games and everything. So I was like, yo, I have to go and do this. So we went into, me and my friend, we went into his games room and there's like an arcade basketball. And I was like, okay, let's just like have some fun, whatever. And I ended up talking to this guy that was uh, working for Interscope. And he was like, oh yeah, like I do videos for Interscope, whatever, whatever. And we were playing basketball against him. And like, he beat me a couple of times and I'm like very competitive. So I was like, okay. I said to him, I was like, look, let's just play one more game. And if I win, how about we work on a deal for my first music video? And he was like, okay, because he'd won twice. I was like, he thought it was not going to happen. And then, you know, we played the game and ended up beating him by 20 points. <laughs> Literally. So I was like, come on. So yeah, that's how uh, the first music video I ever shot came about. Wow. <laughs> I know. Literally, I, you know, trust me, arcade basketball, I'll, I'll play anybody. Actual basketball, I'm still working on it, you know. <laughs> still working on it. That's exciting though. What the heck? Like making connections is like all of, that's how you get far in, mu in the music industry, you know? So. I mean, look, like I was a complete fool after I won that game. I was like, yes, come on. I was so excited. But yeah, I mean, look, sometimes the like best connections and best things that happen are actually not through the music itself. It's just finding similar, you know, interests or whatever mm -hmm. yeah it's great it was it was a great it was a great event and i got a music video out of it so i was yes. well happy 
And yeah, it's, I think it's important for people to connect with people behind the scenes as well. You know, like you don't always have to first start out meeting the Jay-Z. Maybe you're meeting like one of his producers or his camera guy. Even. Absolutely. That, no, I think that's so important. You know, it's all about timing. I think for me as an artist, I've had the time over the past eight months to really figure out my sound and you know the brand and the aesthetic like i'm so blessed to have met a really amazing creative designer you know he he hand drew he hand drew my font and you know i have i'm really into animation and illustration and together we made like my own logo that's like an animation so if you go on my my socials you'll see like it's amazing like to be able to have like tailored aesthetics is what i'm all about so it's great yeah, what's the story behind that little raindrop? Or is it a teardrop? Or <laughs> Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So for, for a while now, like, I've always been, like, really into illustration and animation and stuff. And I was like, look, this logo has to do, has to do with something like that. I was obsessed with Arthur as a kid. You know, all those types of things, I was, like, so obsessed with. So the teardrop kind of really represents me in a sense because I feel like my music is a blend of so many different moods. Like I've got some tracks, obviously no one's seen it yet, but the first track is very kind of cheeky and playful and witty. And then there are other tracks that are, you know, further down the line, a bit more raw and honest. Um, and the teardrop, you know, it's great. It's both of those things. You know, you can be sad, you can cry happy tears. He's got a little <laughs> bit of a playful side to him. So I just wanted like a visual representation of me, really. Mm. Yeah, the... The, the the laughing crying emoji that's like my favorite emoji out there you know <laughs> right literally and that's the thing the birth of emojis too i mean i was like it's literally so perfect now so now like my little teardrop he's called otto right he has his own gif we have like our own ar filter i'm just like so gassed every time i'm on instagram i'm like oh my god this is so <laughs> sick it's great i love that's it awesome so how do you go about promoting yourself like what are some unique ways you go about do you like tiktok or anything like that you know, I'm just starting to get into TikTok. I love TikTok. I think it's so cool. I think, yeah, like I know they used to have TikTok a couple of years ago. I think it was called Musically. I don't know if you've oh, heard. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Like rebranding is is amazing. But yeah, TikTok I think is really cool. Instagram is a huge tool. You know, I think uh, the majority of people I work with I actually have met on Instagram. Mm. So that's a that's a big big tool. Um, I think you, you know, in, in the generation that we have, you just have to kind of like be as true to yourself as you can and just be consistent with, with everything. Just keep posting, keep showing everybody who you are. And I think genuinely like over time, the right people will like know who you are, but that's how it's been for me anyway. So. Yes. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. the thing. Like, even if you're not the best artist out there, if you can consistently put out work and keep growing, people are going to recognize you. You know, that's, that's what's so cool. It's like the universe is paying you back if you're passionate about something, but it's like, you could be like, we could be like one song away. And if you give up before that song, you could have been signed after that next song was released, you know, things like that. Literally. No, it's true. I mean, social media is a, is a real blessing for like independent artists. I feel it's just, it's so great. Mm. Yeah. It's awesome. How did, so what is that um, Rico Love album, Woman of R&B, or what is that? Yes, okay, so this was very crazy. When I when I got the news, I got the word. So 
long story i'll cut it short though uh last year <laughs> i saw on instagram one of my writers like what i write with she kind of sent me a post and she was like oh rico loves doing a new project and he's looking for you know emerging rising stars of r&b and so like he's got what like six hundred thousand followers on instagram so i was like oh my and he was like tag, tag below i was like i'm not gonna do that because no one you know you've got to make sure you've got to find people that you know so I ended up messaging his engineer and sent him over some music and literally within the same day his manager gave me a call so his manager called me and was like look we're really interested like I was in LA at the time so he was like come over to my house and we'll have a chat and yeah so I went to his house we had a chat and he was like we really want you to be a part of the project um yeah so literally that crazy and that simple and then yeah flash forward a couple months they flew me out from london to miami i'd never been to miami so i was like wow this is amazing like it's a really cool city so we went went there and i worked with him in the studio for a couple of days so we did the song his projects basically um the emerging artists and then he's mixed it with some really dope artists called you know seven streeter k michelle yeah, and, Ling yeah. and they're all really you know dope and established so i love the concept of that in itself i think that's really awesome and yeah so i did that song and then we wrote another song after that the day after so it was a dope experience and yeah that's gonna be out in a couple of weeks so wow <laughs> you're having yeah. some great experiences what the hell <laughs> yeah yeah no it was great i mean rico's really dope like he's we we clicked as soon as we met like we're just on the same page and like in terms of sound in terms of yeah he, he's amazing and yeah i'm super happy yes. super happy with this the song i heard it last week and yeah it's out in two weeks so just pay pay attention for it because it's an amazing <laughs> project yeah dude he's an amazing artist and an even better producer and that man yeah, like sweet dreams by beyonce like there goes my baby usher like literally like the, the list is endless and we're going to be going on tour as well i believe so after this project <laughs> drops covid 19 depending like we're about to be doing a tour so yes yeah, exciting times really exciting times dang so what have you been doing during the the quarantine are you just promoting or working on music or well um yeah, obviously my single dropped last week. So we've been, me and my manager and our team, we've kind of been working on the release and doing interviews such as this one and like a whole bunch of different stuff for that. Um, I've got music coming out all throughout, um, all throughout the year. So I've been planning for that. And to be honest, you know, quarantine is a bit more of an extreme case, but I feel like a lot of creatives, this is not that far away from normal life anyway, because, you know, we're writing, working, creating most of the time by ourselves anyway, you know? Mm. What, are your, yeah. what are your opinions on the coronavirus and like London right now? I, I try to do like a little research about London, but like it's definitely better to hear from someone who's actually well, living there. Yeah, I mean, for me, I was in LA. So when this whole thing came about, I was in Los Angeles and LA when I was there was taking it more seriously. So we were, at three, I had three weeks of uh, lockdown in LA before I came home. So, and when I was in lockdown in LA, my family and friends back in the UK weren't. So it was kind of a delayed reaction in London. I feel like everybody wasn't taking it 
as seriously that the news wasn't spreading like how quick this virus was spreading and how much damage it could cause so yeah i came home god i lose track of days you know with all this quarantine stuff i think i came home like three weeks ago four weeks ago um i mean you know everybody everybody here really is taking it seriously and you know every week we clap for our carers so we have like a throughout the whole of the country we go we go outside at 8 p.m on a thursday night and everybody claps and like there's a big community spirit which is amazing but you know 26,000 people have died so far in our country so that's yeah. a lot considering we are smaller than texas you know mm. <laughs> so it's pretty mad it's yeah pretty mad. what about yourself though how about how is it in seattle um People should be taking it more seriously than they are. Like we're starting to get complacent, which is kind of good. But um, like I've a uh, there's definitely people getting arrested at like parks and stuff for staying out and trying to do like volleyball tournaments during the quarantine. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Right, right, right. <laughs> but I think, um, I think I think after like such a long time inside, people are like desperate to get outside. You know? Yeah. Like but I think. I'm oh, sorry, I was going to say the blessing that we have over here, though, we have a national health service. So we have like a, you know, a public health service, which is literally saving our entire population. You know, that's the one thing. That's one of the main reasons I came home from L.A. too. Like we had to come home because our health insurance was void. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't get covered out in the, in the U.S. And I was looking up and speaking to different people and professionals and it was thousands of dollars if I needed to get treated for Corona. And I was like, deuces, <laughs> <laughs> I'm heading out. Like, so I just, you know, I feel grateful for that in itself in England, you know, like hope everybody in the U.S. is covered, you know, got some sort of protection. Yeah, we definitely need to work on testing. I think that'll help a lot. But um... yeah. This is probably going to be around for a while. Did you watch the new um, documentary that came out yesterday on Netflix? No, I didn't. I didn't even know there was a documentary on Netflix for that. Yeah, um, J.K. Simmons is like the narrator for it, and they're going to like release an episode every week or something like that. So the okay. first episode came out yesterday, and it was really informative. So oh, damn. Yeah, that. no, I mean... <laughs> I've, I'm blessed in a sense. I have a couple friends that are doctors and things like that, so I'm kind of getting real-time kind of updates in terms of what's going on um but you know i do think like even when the lockdown you know ends people still are going to be very kind of aware about the situation you know yeah yeah i just i just um yeah it's a scary thing i have a i have a second podcast too and uh That's dope. It's, a, it's a it's a pretty the title is bbc which stands for blake burton conspiracies and oh, uh <laughs> And we did like a coronavirus episode. I have a co-host and we had like nine people on that because we're just doing tons of Zoom interviews, you know, so it's easy to have nine people on. And that's um, what I'm saying. The, 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 the corona, the quarantine is amazing in terms of reaching out to people because, you know, everybody's in their house. It's not like <laughs> they're, you know, in the fucking islands in the Caribbean chilling. No, we they're right by there. They're right by the computer. So that's great, though. I mean, look. There's so much that could be said about this and how I just, all I care about is that this, this gets cleared up quick. I hope, yeah. it, I hope everything kind of gets control, you know, and to be totally honest, my number one watch list right now, I have not started watching the last dance, the MJ last dance. <laughs> and I need to watch that. And I know I've got such a long list of stuff to watch, but that's my number one. I've not watched it. 
<laughs> yeah, man, this is this is a perfect time for all those streaming services. They're getting so many oh people are watching God, Hulu, Netflix. <laughs> Amazon. I'm like, yo, these pe- these people are blessed <laughs> right now. Mm. Yeah, spe- yeah. I bet, even especially Amazon with getting like all the overnight like um you know buying packages and stuff you get overnight so like that's what we've been doing at my house so anything we need just overnight there oh, yeah it is. no for real it, it's crazy to be fair that's one thing i noticed it's a difference when we were on lockdown in the u.s in la we went to like the stores and stuff and the grocery stores and the supplies were definitely worse affected than in where i'm at right now in the uk we have like pretty much everything that we need out here whereas like when I found I'm serious I was like looking for eggs for like a week and a half and then I remember I was in Whole Foods and I saw they were stocking up I was like oh my god eggs and I was just like yes and I went to this lady I think they thought me I was crazy at this point I was like I have not seen eggs in like two weeks oh, but for real like you couldn't get toilet paper you couldn't get yes. water you couldn't get eggs you couldn't get you know like freezer the whole freezers were completely cleared i was like this is crazy yeah it is <laughs> yeah mad but yeah you're, you're you're like you're it's really exciting everything that's happening for you right now and i enjoyed your single the album art the little your your mascot is it going to be called a mascot or is that, i, think that's I don't know called. i'd say probably my sidekick is a sidekick. cool word yeah <laughs> sidekick but yeah no like honestly this is just the beginning and i really do appreciate like people such as yourselves taking the time to like you know showcase that light for rising artists because yes. it's only the beginning this is the first single yes for sure and i'm i'm all about making like long-lasting connection with all my guests and everything and i want to see you succeed and all my guests succeed you know so thanks man i appreciate it thank you so is there some advice they have for up-and-coming artists influencers creators mm, yes i would say my yeah my number one piece of advice is take the time to figure out who you are in terms of who you want to be because branding is everything my mentor rance dobson from 1500 or nothing literally the best book he gave me in terms of advice is called the 22 immutable laws of branding and you read that book and basically if you think about the most successful artists whoever they're all the brand they're not they're not a singer and like i think it's important i've taken that time to figure out who i am and how i want to be shown to the world and you know you can do that five six seven times over and none of those things have to be in public you know but just make sure when you are stepping into that platform you're like yeah this is me i'm authentic i feel comfortable with who i am and just stay consistent and see where see where it takes you yeah maybe you can meet rico love or go to snoop dogg's grammy party who knows right <laughs> literally yeah no mad mm-hmm. so what's what's the easiest way to reach you i would say at this moment in time um instagram olivia swan music that is where but also we are in the process of setting up a mailing list so if you go on my website liviaswan.com sign up to that mailing list because I think mailing lists and emails are the fucking coolest things. And I'm going to be dropping so much kind of extra stuff that's not being shared on my socials in that mailing list. So I'd say those two things, mailing mm-hmm. lists and Instagram. And it's Swan with two N's, which is interesting. I haven't most seen that before. Most definitely. Most definitely. <laughs> two N's. <laughs> well, I end the podcast by saying this is the NAS podcast. 
and then you say your name. So this is the NAS podcast with Olivia Swan. There we go. Well, thank you so much and uh, stay safe during this quarantine. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. You too.